Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, welcome back to the show. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Mike. So we started off the week with the bungled rollout mm-hmm. of the vaccine call center, and we saw uh, the government play the blame game here, blame TELUS. TELUS turned around and apologized and wore a lot of it. Now we see uh, things have been improved so much that TELUS has put so many people into these call yeah. centers now that they're actually moving up uh, the timeline here for vaccine. What's yeah. going on here? classic uh, case study for a Harvard MBA class to see what TELUS did here. They they uh, bungled the beginning. They realized what a problem that, that had been created. And they poured all the resources in to not only fix it, but to make it even better than people had anticipated. So they put 600 call agents to work yesterday. Um, and that took care of the call-ins in terms of delays. People were phoning in and getting right through. And so the decision was made late yesterday afternoon uh, by Health Minister Adrian Dixon and his team to move up the appointment uh, date in terms of calling for people over the age of 85. Normally, they would have been started on Monday. Now they can start today at noon. Right. So if you're 85 or older, starting at noon today, yeah. you can call for an appointment. And that's about 70,000 people we're talking wow. about uh, can start getting in the queue and, and get their appointments. And wow. that's a significant shift. And again, we talked before about how the first day was not going to be indic- indicative of the next few days, that there was going to bound to be improvement and there was significant improvement and now we've got uh, a lot more people entering the queue for appointments okay let's listen to adrian dix on this point yesterday here he is today starting at noon uh, people born in 1936 or before who are 85 to 89 at noon can start calling in and booking appointments for their uh, COVID 19 vaccine which is good news it reflects the really great work done by telus over the last couple of days to uh, to close the gap and then provide service yesterday the response uh, when people called in was uh, immediate to call in to book their appointments, and that's good news. Okay, it's Adrian Dick speaking to Simi Sarah this morning. I think, you know, when you take a look at how this happened here, Darren Entwistle, the CEO over there at TELUS, has been around a long time, mm-hmm. running, you know, very experienced CEO. And he also understands politics in this province. And I think he realized day one that this is a disaster mm-hmm. for this company if this thing was not fixed quickly mm-hmm. so i think it just seemed to be driven from the very top oh to, yeah to when darren and whistle put his name to the statement that yeah. came out and yeah. the apology you knew some that he was he was very much hands-on here so yeah. this is very much a darren and whistle uh rescue plan and uh, yeah. he rescued it so i mean uh, there's always going to be hiccups. Uh, we had a story on Global National last night about right across the country, there have been breakdowns and, and delays and screw-ups when it comes to call centers and websites right across the country. And we knew what was going to happen here. And Entwistle, to his credit, uh, realized what a problem this was, and he took steps to ensure he that it was, it was fixed. Yeah, he knew that this was uh, not only just not just a black eye for TELUS, but a potentially really damaging to the TELUS this brand. Is the this is the biggest thing that's fixed, ever the biggest thing that's ever happened to the country or to the world is this pandemic and it's yeah. uh, since the spanish flu or you know the second world war and to be associated with the downside of the pandemic is not something a company wants you want to be on the upside and i think darren as well realize okay that. i still think though it's strange the way this whole thing has been managed from the start in that you know you've got 
different levels of access and different health authorities. Like in Fraser Health, you can go online and book your appointment mm-hmm. online, but you can't in Vancouver Coastal. I mean, that uh, yeah, you know, there should have been there shouldn't there been a coordinated province wide response and plan. Yeah, no, this speaks about um, again our our unique. Every province seems to be unique on this. Ontario has a whole bunch of different health authorities that act independent of each other. There's less central um, coordination there. We have more central coordination, but not total coordination. You're right. The the health authorities have a fair degree of independence. A few months ago, I sort of jokingly um, teased Health Minister Adrian Dix. Can you imagine what it would be like right now if we had the health system that we had in the 90s? How many did we have back then? Something like 73 entities. It was just a dog's breakfast of health uh, authorities. And it would have been chaos if we had the same structure in the 90s. It's far better what we have today, but obviously improvements can be made. Okay. Meanwhile, the government's saying we're still on 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 pace here to have a province-wide online booking system that April 12th. will come online in April. Now, here's Adrian Dix, once again speaking earlier today with Simi Sarah, on when we can expect to see that province-wide online booking to book your shot. Here he is. 75 to 79 age group, that's when that'll start to roll out uh, province-wide. NBC, Fraser Health does have a platform now, but province-wide, our platform will be ready and will be rolled out with the 75 to 79 cohort and then continue on as we go down to, all the way down to uh, the 18 and above. Right, okay, 75-year-olds would start in April, and then you'll be able to go that's online. About, that's about mid-April. Uh, yeah. April 12th, I think, is the target date for that. Uh, right. I've talked to the... the People like Dix and others should fully expect there's going to be website problems. It's going to crash, um, but they're going to have resources there to ensure it's back up and running ASAP. But the first couple of days, guaranteed, are going to be pretty rocky, just like it were with the call centers. Well, because these uh, younger age cohorts are going to be larger groups mm-hmm. of people. Oh, much right? larger. The, the cohort we're doing right now is the smallest cohort of all. Right, right. You know, there's 47,000 people over the age of 90. There's 187,000 people, I believe, between 80 and 90. So, you know, uh, more than three times what we're doing right now. And then you start looking at, and if you want to see what the age cohorts look like, go to the Center for Disease Control website, click on the situation report every week, and scroll down, and you'll see the age breakdown uh, in 10-year groups. And we're going to be vaccinating people in five-year groups. So the 80 to 80, 85 to 90 is about 75,000. 80 to 85, I think, is a little more than 100,000. And you start doing the math. So when we get down to the 40s and 30s, we're talking, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Did, uh, did Horgan kick any ass on this? I mean, do you think Horgan phoned up Entwistle and, and gave him hell? Because, you know, they were getting hammered in, in politically in question period on this thing. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure question period has the same impact it had but if this had kept pandemic. but if this thing had kept bungling oh, all the way through day disaster. after day yeah but you know you and i talked about this at the beginning uh that bungling would be forgotten very quickly if suddenly we had success if we have and, and again we're still at the very beginning of this unprecedented process uh if we get to the point where we're vaccinated i did the math uh, last night i think we need to vaccinate forty-two thousand people a day once we get into mid-april if we want to yeah. meet that july target because we're talking about three point, we, we want 4.3 million people vaccinated. By the time okay. we get to mid-April, we're talking about 3.8 million people still to come. Okay, it was ex- exactly one year ago today yes. that the World Health Organization declared the global pandemic. So let's go in the Wayback Machine here. Now, this is Dr. Okay, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> this is Dr. Bonnie Henry, exactly one year ago today when the pandemic was declared. And here's what she said then. The pandemic declaration is something that's important. It's something that we've been talking about for several weeks. Um, We have 
watched this virus um, increase and cause outbreaks and, and sometimes severe community outbreaks around the world. And I think we've learned a lot from the countries that have been dealing with this ahead of us. Okay, she goes on to say that, you know, we're bringing in some measures here to control the spread of this virus. I think there were like 46 cases in BC that day that, that the yeah. pandemic was declared just 46. And she, she was saying that, you know, this is not forever that we're bringing these measures. We're talking about weeks. <laughs> weeks was the word that she used. Yeah. I wonder if she would, if you had said to her a year ago that, you know, one year from now, this thing will still be going on. Well, very quickly after that, she did change to the fact that this was going to, I remember, I think about a week later, she uh, talked about 18 months. Uh, this yeah. became very serious very quickly, and we realized that we we're going to be in this for a long time. I remember, I remember being at that briefing, sitting yes. there right in front of her in the front row as she talked about this, and we still hadn't quite grasped what this meant because at yeah. the beginning, remember, it was in Wuhan, China, which people, most people hadn't even heard of Wuhan, China. Then it got into northern Italy where people have more, I think, more of a connection because a lot, there's a, a lot of connection between North Italy and Canada. And then it became very serious. And about a week after this, uh, I remember Adrian Dix announcing that we're canceling all the surgeries. And I think that yeah. brought it home for people. Yeah, it was like, very, it was very that's quick. That's huge. Escalated quickly. And I remember I watched, I, I went back and rewatched most of the uh, the briefing from a year ago today, last night. And it was interesting that there were 46 cases a year ago today. Uh, and a lot of those cases had been traced to travelers com coming from yep. China, from, Iran. from Europe, Iran, yep. notably uh, that day. So, you know, at, at first it seemed like, okay, we got this under control. But but then, you know, it quickly... It, quickly it, and then we had the first death at the Lynn Valley uh, Care Home, yeah. which really, again, started to bring this home in a way that people hadn't really realized before. And it, it suddenly overwhelmed us. I remember, uh, again, just the, the... You and I are at the BC legislature. This place emptied fairly quickly in late March. There was no one here. I've been one of the few people who actually have been here since day one, never have left. And okay. at, at one point, there was just a handful of us. Okay, real quickly, we've been following the royal family story with the fallout from the Meghan and Harry interview. And Prince William this morning was asked if the royal family is a racist family. This is what he said. Can you just let me know, is the, the royal family a racist family, sir? Yeah, we're very much not a racist family. We're, we're very much not a racist family, was his answer. I'm not sure what other answer you can say. But. Well, the fact that he was even asked that question shows just what a terrible situation the royal family finds itself in. Again, it's, it's completely uh, captured that country, paralyzed the country. It's taken over the national political debate in that country, uh, and it's raising... Uh, thankfully, issues such as racism has been b pushed up the public consciousness pole in a way that never has uh, before, and that's, okay. that's a good thing. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's get right to your phone calls here. Catherine in Vancouver, hi. Hi, Mike. How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm good, thanks. Go ahead. Um, a year ago today, I was a stage manager for a live events company, and uh, we did our last live event in 365 days. Wow. Wow. She was, yeah. Yeah, this is a sign of how life has changed. It's just it's um, amazing. Yeah, I, I was uh, in the audiovisual business for 28 years, and um, mm. we finished the event on the 11th. I came home, and on the 13th, everything was shut down, and now we wait patiently for live events. What are, you doing? what are you doing now? You got a different job now? Well, we're trying to do, you know, web graphics and branding, um, doing some online stuff, some virtual meetings, but I mean, yeah. we lost. 95% of our income in one day. Oh, man. Thank you, you Catherine, know, when, for that. Yeah, if we all get vaccinated by July, who knows? You may be up and running again in September. Well, hey, let's get it going yeah, here. Right. I think there's a, a good chance of, again, although I contrast that with today's Globe and Mail headline, which I find uh, worrying, which says we now have 
two pandemics. Two pandemics. In Ontario, because they've got the variants of concern, the variant strains of, of COVID-19 are out of control in Ontario. So it's replaced COVID-19 as the new virus. And so they have health officers there saying we now have two pandemics. If it can happen in Ontario, conceivably it can happen here. So we're not out of the way. But the, don't the vaccines work against the variants? The vaccines do work against the variants to varying degrees. The science is still changing on that, but so far there's more room for optimism than pessimism. Okay, phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Adrian in Tawasin, hi. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I saw in the news Paddy Haidu, they were considering a vaccination certificate before we can travel I was thinking going to Mexico in the fall when things get a little better. What are the options or what are the chances I am going to have to show a certificate? What do you think about this? It's really, that's uh, a, a great question. I think there's a good chance. Uh, that Again, travel's a two-way street. Other countries you know, may require uh, some documentation before you come in. Already, you know, uh, not all travel is unfettered. Uh, some countries you need to show you've got hep C uh, 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 medicine, uh, injections taken. So again, I think we're going to see a new level of travel restrictions and regulations like we've never seen before. Okay, Patty Haidu, the federal health minister, we've asked her to come on the show, by the way, and I just heard from her uh, her assistant yesterday, and I hope, I'm hoping she'll be on next week. So we'll mm-hmm. be able to talk in more detail about this. But she did say the other I thought it, her comments were interesting on this because she said that this is a very live issue yep. on the table with the G7. Yep. So bringing in a vaccine passport, you'd be required to show proof that you've been vaccinated potentially to travel in and out of the country. Now, there'll be a fight over this. This will end up in court. This could be challenged under a charter a charter uh, challenge well, under might be, mobility but there's, rights. There's already some uh, uh, rules and regulations w- regarding travel that uh, are not going to be challenged by court. And other countries have done like I believe Israel has got a similar system yeah. right now. Vicky in Kelowna. Hi, Vicky. Hi. How are you Hi. today? I'm good. Thanks. Go ahead. I I don't know what's wrong with the government. They go by phone. The government has our health care card number. Everybody has one. It knows exactly to the day how old you are. Now, if the IT guys that work for them can't figure out how to get that uh, a card spit out with your name, your appointment time, and where you get your injection, they had a whole year to figure this out. And if those IT guys working for uh, BC Health can't figure that out, there's a lot of young IT guys out there that can make computers do backflips. I don't think they'd have a problem figuring out how to get uh, the computer system to spit out a card with our name, address. I mean, Health Canada has all that. Okay, and thanks, I Vicky. I yeah, I, I th- very good call, very good comment. Uh, I don't think the provincial government's ever really had the resources in place to deal with something what we're about to go through to actually contact 4.3 million people in a very short period of time. I just don't think uh, the human They considered it. I think this was considered. Do we set up a system where we contact yeah. people using their the contact information we have on, on file? But I think the thought was like, you know, how do you know someone's going to show up for an appointment? Yeah. You know, is, is the information all up to date? Let's let's do a system where this people is a call in. Huge instead. daunting challenge, but clearly I think the government dropped the ball at the very beginning and now they're picking it up. Yeah. Dan in Surrey. Hiya, Dan. It's not Dan. It's Ben. Sorry. Oh, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. you got 30 seconds. Um, Go ahead. I'm married to a U.S. citizen who's been stuck up here for the last year, and despite paying rent and utilities because she was physically not in her apartment, they evicted her throughout all of her belongings, and they cut off her Social Security. 
Right. So her landlord in BC did that? No. Oh. Washington. In wa- they, they did that to her in Washington. Oh, she was stuck up here, and that's what they did down in Washington. Oh, I see. Yeah, they said, "Okay, you're not here. We got to evict you." Yeah. That's okay. Thank you. Very unfortunate. Um, not sure what role Canada would play in something like that, but um, at least hopefully she's safe and healthy, and hopefully she can get her vaccination up here. All right. Thank you, Keith.